Good afternoon and welcome to Faith FM Radio in the Afternoon. You're listening to the Wednesday afternoon program Looking Up with me, Peter Watts, and my good friend and co-host, Danny Malenkov. I'm going to try not to get you to talk too much today, Danny. Got a bit of a sore throat. We'll come back to that in a minute. But it is terrific to have you with us, Danny. I wouldn't want to do this without you, quite frankly. And it's great to have our listeners with us. We hope that you are becoming regulars. We hope that you're tuning in uh, each Wednesday afternoon to join us for this program, Looking Up, where we look at where the world is, what the Bible has to say about it. We're in this pandemic. Does the Bible have anything to say about the pandemic? We've uh, looked at a few things in our show over recent weeks, and uh, maybe you'd like to catch up with some of those. Uh, There are ways in which you can contact us this afternoon. You can call us on 1-800-324-843. That is 1-800-324-843. If you have a comment or question that you would like to uh, pose to us, we'd be happy to receive that. Uh, Please send those in. Uh, You can also text on 0491-064-669. And if you would like to listen to any of the other programs that we have done in the Looking Up series, you can find them at the website faithfm.com.au. Click on the tab podcast and look out for Looking Up with Peter Peter Watts and Danny Malenkov. How are you going, Danny? I am praising the Lord Peter, but um, yeah, as you can hear and our listeners can hear, I've got a tiny bit of a croaky voice. Uh, cro- croaky, croaky voice. voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and I'm not making much sense either. So, um, But no, look, praising that's, the that's Lord. That's a weekly and, event. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll share a little bit on, on, on how that all took place and what I had to endure. But I'll do that after after a little while. Big news coming up from Danny <laughs> with the consequences. So, uh, yeah, um, stay tuned. We're going to have some music. We're going to have uh, news on the hour. And uh, we will be talking again today about a topic that we had picked up uh, a little bit last week. We'd started a conversation about the first angel's messages. Uh, for, sorry, the first angel's message. There are three messages in the book of Revelation, chapter 14, called the three angel's messages. And uh, we've covered a lot of other material, but we're, we're looking at this set of three uh, prophetic messages that go to all the world just before Jesus comes. And we started in on that last week, and uh, we, we looked at some of the details on that. We're going to be picking up that and start, starting sort of part two of that particular message and so uh, we hope you're going to stay with us for that. Tell some of your friends, tell some of your colleagues, and uh, in- encourage them to tune into Faith FM. But uh, in the meantime, we're going to have a little bit of music. Uh, this is Ashray, and it's called With Love. Enjoy. There was a spot there in my life Where I was comfortable enough to cling Onto the pain that pulled me down Thought it was giving me security But I had to reason with myself Telling me that's not the way life works Cause we weren't built to carry weight like that But when times get rough Your feet get heavy And you can't get yourself back
You were listening to Ash Ray and With Love. And uh, welcome back to the afternoon show, Looking Up with me, Peter Watson, my good friend and colleague, Danny Milenkov. Now, how are you going out there in listener land in terms of the pandemic? Obviously, uh, another month goes by. Uh, I think we're more than five months into this in terms of the, the limiting lockdown. Um, as far as, uh, you know, the, the big impact, I suppose, of, of, of coronavirus. We've passed the five-month mark. And uh, how are people going? Are, are you becoming uh, a little weary? Are you looking for hope? Uh, are you looking up? And that's what we want to be encouraging uh, you to do. It's interesting to, to note uh, what's, what's happening in, in the world in terms of the reaction to the pandemic and so forth. So um, I noticed today in uh, ABC News, there was a a website article. In fact, I want to get this uh, right in terms of the wording of it. It says, I'm out of here. City dwellers are fleeing to the country during COVID-19. So there are people in the cities who are saying, you know what? I think it might be better if I lived out of the cities. And, you know, you can understand that, I guess, uh, when we've had... Uh, some social unrest. We've had some food shortage issues. We've had toilet roll shortage issues. Um, And so uh, clearly, obviously, Melbourne's in lockdown, but there are different, I think there are different restrictions in other parts of Victoria than there are in Melbourne at the moment. And some people are just logically saying, you know what, I might be better off out of the cities. And of course, We found out during the pandemic, too, that a lot of people have been forced to work from home and then they're finding, well, maybe it's more convenient to work from home. And uh, do I actually need to go to the office 
Do I actually need to live in a particular location? And there are certain, obviously, certain kinds of work uh, that can be done uh, away from the cities. And then, of course, there are uh, other kinds of work that you just can't replace just now. But I thought that was an interesting headline, Danny. Yeah, it was. I, I saw that today as well, and I, I made note of that. And it, it carried the story of, um, of a young professional um, by the name of Ellie Bonnet, who works in the human resource um, sector there in Melbourne. And she was just sharing her frustration over the last couple of years or so trying to find a property to buy in Melbourne. Um, you know, we, we, we know the prices in our, in our large cities have just gone through the roof in the mm. last number of years. And so um, she's, she's looking at prices and all it's of a an sudden... It's an expanding bubble. Yeah, absolutely. And then all of, a sudden, all of a sudden COVID hits and she shares her story how, you know, she, like many others who worked in the CBD, um, were told to stay at home and work from home. Mm. And um, so she found herself locked up in her own little unit and she's in Melbourne and they've got... They've got this horrible lockdown right now, this stage yeah, four, just, right. to, just to add insult to injury. Anyway, um, her, her, her bosses or her company uh, make a ruling that from now on, um, they're shutting up shop in the CBD and instead everyone's going to be working remotely from home. Mm-hmm. So she's like, what? I have to spend, um, you know, endless hours in this little, in this little um, unit in the middle of this concrete jungle and there's no way I'm going to buy any place anytime soon. So everything was just looking really horrible. And then all of a sudden the thought comes to her, let's go to the country. Mm-hmm. And off she goes and she actually bought a property in Dalesford. I've been to Dalesford. I don't know oh, if you've right. been to yeah, Dalesford. Yeah, I have been to Dalesford. It's a, it's a beautiful little yeah. town not far away from Melbourne. And so she bought a, a, pro, a, a property there in Dalesford for you know next to nothing compared to what she would have paid for uh, for a little unit in the middle of the city, and now she's working remotely. And um, and the article pointed out, obviously, as you have pointed out, that there are so many advantages to living in the country um, when it comes to when it comes to you know financial as well as peace of mind. And there was a very interesting article that I came across <clears throat> looking at some scientific um, research that has taken place on the mental health, mm. comparing the mental health of those who live in the big cities yeah. as well as those who live in the more rural or urban areas, yeah. I should say rural areas. And they have discovered there's a significant, a significant difference in positive mental health wow. of those who live in the country areas. Um, and um, they're, they're discovering that the blue space and the green space, you know, the, yeah. the natural surroundings... For sure have got a lot to do with positive mental health. And mm. I thought that was interesting because that's how God created us at the beginning. Well, I think it is interesting. It's like, um, you know, typically, I guess, when people, they work all year and then when they go for their summer holidays, they don't typically go visit a city. They typically go visit someplace that is less city-bound and, and, you know, that's more... Uh, there's more space, more natural, you know, when you want a holiday, that's to what you tend to do. And so I also think that when we surround ourselves with the things that man has made, there's a difference in our, I guess, our outlook than when we're surrounded by the things that God made. And I think that, you know, clearly if we were created, we've talked on this show, Danny, about the Sabbath and the creation and the fact that God is the creator of uh, not only humankind but this planet and this planet was created to be a home for humanity 
and um, God knows the environment that his children are going to thrive in best. And so he provided that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of environment. It's no, no coincidence that God created a garden, the Garden of Eden, to place humanity in that. That was our first home. And so, you know, it's not always possible. I recognize that, you know, there are, for some people, they're living in the cities and that there's a reason why they're there. You know, they're not choosing to live there just because that's the only place to live. But, I, you know, I remember some statistics, Danny, back in 1953, I think it was 1953, only 12% of the world's population lived in cities. Wow. That's, that's quite remarkable. It is. Um, and then in 2008, that kicked over to 50% of the world's population who lived in cities. And since then, it's only accelerated. So there have been more and more migrating from the country to dwell in the cities. And the cities, you know, you've got mega cities like I think Cairo's got something like 20 million people in it. And we've been to Cairo and you can see... How bustling. I mean, to the point there, they have a massive cemetery in Cairo, and there are people who actually live at the cemetery because there's, you know, a lack of space for, for living in and so forth. So, um, you know, I've been blessed in the sense that um, my wife and I, we got married in Sydney, and we lived in Sydney, I guess, for about a year and a half uh, when we were together, and, and uh, then uh, shortly after we were married, we were there a little while, and then we moved out uh, to Victoria, and we moved several places since but I have not lived in a major city for 25 years and that's been I think a blessing to me um, and so um, you know I think that it's understandable why people would want to move out of the cities at this particular time in history as we've been talking about the signs of the times we're talking about the fact that as we see the deteriorating conditions on planet earth um, I think that you know it may, makes a lot of sense um, now, of course, at the same time, most people live in the cities, right? We've just talked about that. And, and that's where the gospel has to enter. We, we have to be able to share the gospel with, with those in the city. So it's important that we don't, you know, uh, I guess, abandon the cities or take the view of, well, I'm just going to protect myself and never mind anybody else. That's not the Christian way. Uh, and that's not what God wants us to do. But I think that you're right. When we have the opportunity to look at the natural world and see a bit of green and a bit of blue sky, then I think our met mental um, attitude is improved. And I think at the very least, um, like you said, not everyone can just pick up and go and, and move out into the country. Some people are able to do that and praise the Lord and and, and really happy for you. And that's a wonderful thing, especially if you've got a young family, children and so forth. But I think it's important um, to, to just get out and about. Mm. Um, even if you live in the city, most cities have parks. Yeah. Um, an opportunity just to get out and um, spend some time in nature, even in a little park. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people don't do that these days. Sure. Sadly, a lot of people are glued to their to their devices. Um, they're, they're homebound. And uh, I hope and pray that, you know, post-COVID, um, people will realize um, what a blessing it is to be outside. People have yeah. been stuck indoors for so long, yeah. like at no other time in, in, in history, really, um, in modern times at least. And um, so hopefully this will be uh, uh, a real opportunity for people to, to get their priorities right when it, comes to, when it comes to spending more time in recreation outdoors rather than inside the house. Mm. 
All right. Well, um, we usually spend uh, a few minutes talking about what we've been up to in the last uh, week or so. Um, maybe I'll, I'll talk uh, uh, about something I'm planning to do actually tomorrow, which is um, I have some friends um, who uh, we were planning a trip to Mongolia for mm. this October, November time. Uh, we had been planning for that and we were going to go over there and uh, run a, a, a program for the people in Mongolia, a Christian program. And um, of course, because of COVID-19, that, that that was not possible to do physically. So tomorrow I'm going to be uh, recording some messages that uh, one of my friends is from Mongolia. She'll be doing the translation and uh, we're going to share those messages digitally with the people of Mongolia. So that that's an exciting thing to be doing uh, when you can't actually physically get over there. At least we can be sending the messages over. A couple of weeks ago, I finished up a, a series um, called Is God For Real?, which basically sets out some of the evidence for some of the basic questions that people ask about God and the Bible. And um, if people are interested in seeing that series, I... Um, you can go to the website, is God for real, all one word, isgodforreal.com.au forward slash resources. And there you'll find 22 video presentations uh, that begin with the subject of does God exist right at the very beginning there. Mm, you know, what's, a great series. Great what's, series. what's the evidence for the existence of God? Is it rational? Um, as many uh, people might know, as I've mentioned before, uh, I was a, an atheist into my mid-20s until I had an encounter with God, uh, and that changed my out outlook forever. Um, and I began looking seriously at what the claims of the Bible were, and uh, and I've been looking at it ever since, Danny, I guess. But the point is, um, I think that might be helpful for, for some people. So go to the website, isgodforreal.com.au forward slash resources. There you'll find uh, 22 presentations that you can watch and share with your friends. Yeah, that's a great series, and um, I would encourage each and every person to to have a look at that series that Peter's just mentioned and share it with your friends because Peter if I remember correctly you share your journey right at the beginning there mm. um, as part of that series yeah I guess through the series I uh, talk a little bit about um, where God has brought me to and where God has brought me from and how that process took place and it's sort of interweaved with many of the messages so you know a lot of the messages that some of the things that we've been talking about in this series on radio Danny uh, some of those things I talk at it from the perspective when I first heard this this is how you mm, know yeah how amazed I was you know I was talking to uh, a real estate agent actually this morning about um, you know he was saying that in the more regional areas uh, the housing market is still quite strong at the moment, even in spite of the pandemic. Yeah. And we've just sort of saw, seen a reason perhaps why is people want to get out of the cities and maybe they they are looking for, for housing and that. And so, um, but yeah, just sort of talking to him and saying, uh, you know, uh, there was a time when I didn't know these things and I've, God has been gracious enough to reveal these things to me. Uh, I've learned a few things about the Bible. And, and when you discover the grace of God, when you discover what God uh, intended for mankind, when you discover what he's done to redeem us, when you discover what he has planned for us, then you want to tell everybody. Absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, so hopefully people will enjoy that series. <clears throat> now, um, yeah, just quickly before we go to our break. What have you um, been up to, Danny? What have I been up to? Um, 
Well, I think on Saturday I, I got a bit too enthusiastic with my message, um, <laughs> my sermon. I've been doing a sermon series on Noah, and mm. if anyone's interested, they can wow. go to yeah, they can go to our church website um, or just in in YouTube, Google Hillview Streaming, Hillview Streaming, and um, and you can you can find it all there or hillviewadventistchurch.org.com.au or whatever. Um, anyway, um, yes, yeah, so I've come down with laryngitis. Um, it's going away, thankfully. Um, compared to where it it's was. It's hard to tell. <laughs> anyway, um, but um, yeah, the family's happy that I'm a bit quieter. But anyway, I went for a COVID test. I went, and I know you went for a COVID You've test. You've completed well. the team, Danny. I went oh. for one a couple of months ago. Oh, boy, oh, boy. And um, yeah, if anyone's been, you'll know what it's like having that um, thing, whatever it is that they put up your nostrils. Um, it's not much fun. Anyway, I'm alive and well, and it came back negative. So. That's why I'm here. I was going to say, it's very important for our listeners to know that both of us came back negative, and that means you can't catch anything from us over the radio. All right, we're going to go and take some more uh, music, and it's Anna Weatherup, and this song's called Answered Prayer.
Welcome back, folks. It's good to uh, have you back with us after that break here on Faith FM, and you're listening to Looking Up with me, Peter Watts, and my good friend and colleague, Danny Malenkov. Now, I will share with you our contact details once more if you want to get in touch with us with a question or a comment. You can call 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text 0491 064669. Now, before we uh, went to the break, we talked about the fact that um, we've been running a series, and I thought we'd do a little bit of a review once again for any new listeners that uh, might be tuning in for the first time. We just want you to know where we've been so far in this series. So we started this series looking up by um, looking at the pandemic, the, the massive change in the world that has been caused by this pandemic. And we started to look at, you know, what does this mean for Bible prophecy? Um, Does the Bible predict this? Um, What are the implications? And we looked at the pandemic as being uh, one of the signs of the times. Jesus talked about pestilence as a sign of the times in Matthew 24. So we looked at it as a sign of the times. We looked at the health implications of the pandemic. We looked at the financial implications of the pandemic. We looked at the environmental uh, implications of the pandemic and uh, some of the calls for some common rest time for humanity and for the earth uh, because of what the, the pandemic um, was teaching us, I guess. And um, now we've come to a place where we are now looking at um, the three angels' messages that we find in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 through 12, there are three messages three angels messages there that go to all the world just before the end comes because at the end of revelation chapter 14 jesus is seen coming uh with a sickle in order to reap the earth he's coming as a reaper to reap the earth reap a harvest bring in his children and take them home to heaven and so we know that these three angels messages are the last messages to be sent to the earth before Jesus comes. So they're important. They're God's uh, last message, last warning message of mercy to the world before the end. And uh, so that's why we wanted to get into it. Last week, we looked at the introduction of message number one. We looked at Revelation chapter 14, verse 6. And now we're going to pick it up uh, basically in Revelation chapter 14, verse uh, 7, and uh, see what it has to say there. So If you've got your Bibles with you, uh, you might want to turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 14, and I'll read verse 6 again. It says, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and the springs of waters. Last week we unpacked verse 6. We noted that this was a message from heaven, that it was an urgent message, that it was bringing the everlasting gospel, which is the everlasting good news about God, um, and to preach to everyone on earth. This message goes to all the world. And uh, we, we looked at the phrase there, saying with a loud voice, fear God. We looked at that phrase, and I pick up something on that. If you look at Revelation 15, verse 4, it says, Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and give glory to your name? We talked about the uh, what does it mean to fear the Lord? What does it mean to fear God? 
Uh, and we talked about the many times in the Bible where Jesus uh, and, and God say, fear not. God mm. doesn't want us to be afraid of the things that are coming up in the world. God does not want us to be afraid of the pandemic. God does not want us to be afraid of the conditions that we see around us in the world that are pointing us forward to the second coming of Christ. He, what he does want is for us to put our trust and faith in him. But when it says fear God, we, we talked about the fact that that means to reverence and to respect God. And uh, as I said here in uh, Revelation fifteen four, it says, Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? Here's the connection of those two phrases again. Fear God and give glory to him. Right? Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? So now today we're going to sort of pick up on this phrase in Revelation 14, verse 7. It says, fear God, and then it says, give glory to him. It's a fascinating um, phrase, fear God and give glory to him. And I was, I was just looking at how that is used in Scripture, and it's interesting that those two phrases, that is, fear God, and give glory to him are often are often referred to as the thinking and the doing. Mm-hmm. So the thinking is the fear God. Mm-hmm. Okay, where where we're thinking through, where where we're making we're making decisions, where we're coming to conclusions in our mind and in our hearts, and the giving glory to God is the doing. Okay, um, there's a number of scriptures. Uh, that that bring these two together, and I might just share one or two of them, just to just to illustrate how important this is. And I want to share an ex, um, a scripture from from the life of Christ. So, here in Jeremiah uh, chapter four and verse eighteen, it says, "Your ways and your doings have procured these things for you." So, your ways and your doings. So, the your ways is the the fearing God, the thinking. And then the doing is the giving glory to him. And all the way through, you can find that um, in the Old Testament, a number of places. Jesus also talked about thinking preceding actions where Jesus said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And um, Jesus, Jesus talked about, he talked about, you know, the things that we do, they initially proceed from the heart, from the human heart. Mm-hmm. And I just want to read one scripture here, which really brings these two phrases in Revelation um, together in a beautiful way. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15, verses 18 to 20, he said, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart, that's the thinking, mm. proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness and blasphemies. That's the doing. Mm. That's the giving glory yep. that we're going to be looking at. And um, so it's interesting that Jesus linked our thought patterns and what we're thinking and the, and so forth with the, with the actions that will follow. Mm-hmm. And so fear God was think right yeah. and that will be followed by the giving glory to him. I thought mm. that was really fascinating how the Bible combines those two phrases. Yeah, that's a good comparison, Danny, of the two two phrases together. See, one of the questions that you know you might have when we see this uh, and give glory to him, how do we give glory to God? You know, you, you think of God and God sometimes is depicted in Scripture. There's descriptions of him in a 
in a glorious fashion. So you might think of uh, Isaiah chapter 6, for instance, where you've got a, a, a picture there in Isaiah chapter 6 of the throne room of God. And God is uh, depicted there as glorious on his throne. And uh, there are other places where, where that is. And so then you think, well, if God's got all the glory, how do we give him glory? You know what I mean? Hasn't he got all the glory in the first place? How do we give him glory? And I think you, you've, you've got it right there, Dan, Danny, when we're talking about uh, reflecting his character in the things that we do, in the way that we live, essentially. And we're going to see that come out in a number of different scriptures um, as we look at this idea of give glory to him. I, I think perhaps when we're thinking about it in an end time context, Right, These three angels' messages are going to the world at the end of time. Why is this so important? Fear God, that is, give God ultimate respect and, and reverence and give glory to him. I suppose you then have to look at the flip side of that, which is don't take glory for yourself. And if you look at the world in which we currently live, particularly in the Western world, which dominates the culture of the world, um. The idea of glory for me, you know, the idea of self-adulation, self-glorification, self-centeredness, you know, you see that a lot. You see it in advertising, you see it in the entertainment world. Um, It's all about glorifying mankind, unfortunately. uh, That's just the reality of it. And I think... If we look at that from the perspective of the message that is in Revelation 14, fear God and give glory to him, it's basically calling attention away from ourselves, away from mankind, and to God, our Saviour. You know, fear God and give glory to him. And uh, and then there's a, a caveat that actually tells you why, for the hour of his judgment has come, and we'll come on to that much later. But it's that comparison between glory to man or glory to God. And, and I think... Yeah, I think what you're saying is is so true because in that in that passage, Revelation fourteen seven, we've got fear God and give glory to Him. Yes, we have the reason the hour of His judgment has come. But then the reason why we fear God and give glory to Him is at the end of verse seven, worship Him for He made the heavens and the earth, the sea and the springs of water. So God alone is to be worshipped. He alone is worthy, is worthy of, of glory mm. and, and how we live our lives. It's because he is the creator. But sadly, um, in the last couple of hundred years, in particular since the advent of Charles Darwin and the evolutionary theory, now we have a rival theory for how life came to be on mm. planet Earth. It's no longer God that's in the headlines. Explain a rival theory. Exactly. And so and so now we have now we have this um, now we have this other view that has taken people away from thinking mm. and from giving honor and by and from worshiping God. How would so how would you describe a rival theory? Is that the idea? I mean I'm I'm that's not something I'd heard about, but I, I, I'm going to guess at it, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. But it would seem to me that obviously the biblical picture is God created everything, and therefore he is over and above everything because he created it. Whereas I think the idea, it seems to me, of a rival theory is that we are the highest intelligent being that we are aware of. In other words, we have arrived at this sort of place 
uh, in the evolutionary structure and therefore we're the dominant creature on planet Earth and therefore, you know, we're the one who calls the shots, essentially. And that rival theory, just to continue on, on what you're is, is sharing... Is that the right understanding? That, that is how I understand it because yeah. when I take a look at what's, what's taking place, it's, it's as if we have the answers. Right. Uh, we have the answers to, to how to do life in the best possible way. We do not need God. We don't need his commandments. We don't need his word as our GPS in order how we function, how, how, we, how we go about our lives because we know best. We don't um, even need him to take us to the heavens because we're planning to do that that's ourselves. Right. That's right. So it's this, it's this um, theory of I know what's best and I know how to do it. And that really comes to us all the way from the very beginning of time. If you look at the Tower of Babel, mm-hmm. um, the story there in Genesis chapter 11, mm-hmm. and let us make a name for ourselves. Let us right. build a city for ourselves. Sure. King Nebuchadnezzar is not this Babel on the great that I have made. Sure. And that obviously reminds us of the first yeah. uh, rebellion in heaven and, and Lucifer who said, I, I, I will do this. I can do sure. it. I can run this universe. You know, you don't need God's law. You can be a law unto yourself. Yeah. And so that's that rival theory. And even even the reflection, we talked uh, a few weeks ago about, um, a, we had a, a, a topic here where we talked about the Antichrist, the counterfeit to Christ and, and how that power is depicted in Second Thessalonians, where likewise, like Lucifer, who says, I will ascend, I will be like the Most High, I will be like God, that that power, that Antichrist power that we spoke about, also says he sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, you know, that he wants to be God. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think that you see that, that self-aggrandizement. Uh, the reality is if we're not glorifying God, we are going to be glorifying mankind in one way or another. And I think that, to, you know, to sum up uh, just at the end of this section, we're going to go to some more music in a moment. But just to sum up, in, when you see that phrase, fear God and give glory to him, it's really saying, hey, we need to be humble. Mm. Right, the humility is really implied there, and maybe we can uh, unpack that a little bit more when we come back. But um, it's either you know um, pride, which was really the one of the chief sins of Satan, or it's going to be humility. And and you know how do we relate to that? Um, are we willing to let God be God? Or are we tempted to listen to the devil who says you can be Mm. as God? So, all right, we're going to come uh, back after a little break. We're going to take some music. And this is the Forbes family and Revelation 19. So take a listen to this. The signs of the times are everywhere. The spoken word of Jesus fills the air. Wars and rumors on them horse night and day. Do not be dismayed. He's coming back someday. Allow little children, Jesus said, such is the kingdom of heaven But their little lives are taken Fearing not the holy one But hear me when I say 
judgment's on the way. He'll ride on a cloud to take his bride away. Triumphantly, the church will see Jesus any day. The things as we know them will soon pass away. Will soon pass away. You were listening to the Forbes family and Revelation 19. Welcome back to Faith FM and the Wednesday afternoon show, Looking Up with me, Peter Watts, and my good friend and co-host, Danny Milenkov. Now, before we went to the break, we were talking about uh, that second phrase in the first angel's message. We've said, we talked last week about fear God and then give glory to him. So it's about giving glory to God. And we suggested that Humility was an important element here, and especially in a world that seems to be obsessed with self-appreciation. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we there's many verses that we could look at in, in this, and we're going to say certainly take a look at them. And we also want to look at what does it mean to give glory to God and how God's glory is described, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But you were talking uh, something about uh, the difference between pride and humility, and uh, just in the break you were talking about that, Danny. Yeah, indeed, and uh, it's interesting that the Bible uh, looks at pride and humility and compares the two and, uh, and the ultimate consequences of, of both. And I want to go to a scripture that is a well-known statement out there in society. Many people um, have heard that pride goes before a fall. Yeah. You know, we hear that. Um, but people may not realize that that comes from Scripture. That comes from Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, where Solomon writes, Pride goeth before destruction yeah, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Right. And so where pride 
is leading the way, destruction follows. Mm. And that's fascinating because um, in the last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, where God describes uh, the ultimate fate, the sad fate of those that will be lost, in Malachi chapter 4, verse 1, we read these words, For behold, the day is coming burning mm. like an oven. So that's mm. obviously speaking of God's the judgment co- against sin. Judgment against sin and the second coming is here pictured. And all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble. Mm. So pride leads to wickedness. Right, doing wickedness. Doing wickedness, yeah. exactly right. So once again, uh, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Jesus mm. talked about that and mm-hmm. we talked about that earlier. And it's interesting when we take a look at Isaiah chapter 14, and we've looked at this in the past, but in Isaiah chapter 14 there, Isaiah describes Lucifer's aspirations to be like God. He was the first one that wanted to be like God. Now, I just want to pause at that moment, Dana, before I'm going to let you fly on with that in a moment, because in that passage in in, uh, Isaiah 14, where it talks about him wanting to be like God, there's a sense that we should want to be like God and then there's a sense that we cannot be like God. So Lucifer wanted to be like God in terms of power and position. He didn't want to be like God in character and that's, I think, an interesting difference. And that's really important. I'm glad you brought that forward. So, yeah, we are to be like God. We are to imitate Christ. In character. In character. This, we, you know, we have the mind of Christ, that's the Bible right. says. Yeah. That's right. But it, so, so from, a, from a power and from a position point of view, um, There's Lucifer, only one God. <laughs> Lucifer wanted to be like God. And yeah. if you read Isaiah 14, 12 to 14, which I won't take the time, but there on five occasions, you have the word I, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, all the way through to the final I that Lucifer says in his heart, I will be like the most high at the end of verse 14. Yeah. And then notice what follows. Remember, pride Goes goes before before a fall. Now notice what we read in verse 15. Yet, God says to him, you shall be brought down to Sheol, which is another term for the grave, to the lowest depths of the pit. Mm. So those who seek to raise themselves will be brought low. But Jesus said those who humble themselves, they will be raised up. And it's interesting that opposite to this passage is in Philippians chapter 2. There where Paul describes the humility of Christ and how he went down, 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 down. That's a great comparison, isn't it? And there's five steps in Philippians 2 where Jesus went down. Humbled himself. Here there are five steps where Lucifer sought to, you know, raise himself up. And at the end of that passage in Philippians chapter 2, we have Christ being raised. I think we should read it. It's too good to miss. It is. It is. Philippians chapter 2. I'll go there very quickly. Galatians, Ephesians. I'm nearly there. Philippians chapter 2. Because it is a good contrast between it's Philippians. A, it's a very powerful Where contrast. you see. I also think, Danny, and we haven't uh, covered this, but, you know, uh, I guess, you know, we live in the age of Facebook uh, and, and, um, and social media. Instagram. Right? Instagram and all of that stuff where... It's, it's, it seems so important to put your best face on and portray yourself as something perfect and, you know, uh, where, where the reality can be something different. So, um, you know, I was talking to uh, someone I know the other day and uh, that person had been posted on Facebook how everything was fabulous, everything was going great, but they also confided in me that they were on antidepressants. Mm, wow. and, and so what I'm saying is sometimes what you see 
is not the reality of what's actually taking place. And it just seems like uh, Lucifer there, not only is he aspiring to be God in power and position in Isaiah, but it's very fascinating when you read in Ezekiel the description of, of the devil, and it's comparing him with the king of Tyre, where it's, it talks about that you were so beautiful, right? And yet when you talk about Christ... In Isaiah, it tells us that he had no form or comeliness or no, there was nothing desirable about Jesus on an aesthetic Or an outward level. appearance. Outward appearance. He didn't come as a king in robe and a crown. You know, he came as a very humble person, um, which I think is fascinating. So on the one hand, Lucifer was very brilliantly beautiful and he aspired to be God in power. And then you have Jesus, who is the King of Kings. He is God in the flesh, the Son of God come to earth. And he came as a humble baby, uh, a powerless baby. Um, and then um, it's great what, what we read here in Philippians. So pick that up. So in Philippians chapter 2, as I shared earlier, there we have from verse 5 to 8, where the Apostle Paul says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who... Being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. And it goes on, um, becoming a servant or a slave and being willing to die, even, it says, the death on the cross. Mm. And then in verse 9, it says, Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those of the earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of to God. To the glory the, of, of God the Father. There we have it. Give him glory. Give him glory. Indeed. So here we see how Jesus uh, showed us how to give God glory in this passage. We, we, we have an example of how Jesus gave God glory. So when we read in Revelation 14, verse 6 and 7, particularly verse 7, where it says, Fear God and give glory to God, <clears throat> excuse me, we have an example here in Scripture of how Jesus brought glory to God the Father and, and, and how we ought to. I just want to pick up on that verse as we mentioned uh, in Philippians 2 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. God wants us to think like Jesus. Mm. We can't be God in power and position, but we can be like God in character. And that is, I think, the important part of what we're talking about here. And there's a big difference. Well, at the beginning of time, we are told that God created man and woman in his own image. Mm. So God created us at the beginning of time to reflect his character. Yep. And the character of God is summed up in, in, in Scripture, in the fruits of the Spirit, yep. um, where... where Paul says, you know, the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Yep. Um, these are the characteristics that describe uh, God. And so God wants those same characteristics in his people, in the world. Mm. And I, it's, it's so true. I mean, when we read this passage in Revelation, fear God and give glory to him, this is not a new idea. We're already discovering how this is spread throughout the scriptures. The Bible, the book of Revelation is in many ways, a summary of the rest of the Bible, but pointing us as it pertains to the end of time and the second coming of Christ um, and how those uh, different teachings 
um, have an impact in regard to that. And so here we are at the end of time and God has a message. Fear God, that is take God seriously, respect him and reverence him and give him glory. That is humble yourself before God. It's God who gets the glory, not mankind. Amen. Could I just, could I just add one, uh, one interesting scripture, the Christmas story? It's yeah. fascinating what the angels sing. Yeah. And um, I was just looking at that today and being yeah. reminded of that. And um, this is in uh, Luke chapter 2, and I'll pick it up in verse 13, verse 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, okay, this is an angel and a multitude of angels uh, about to praise God in a song before the shepherds. Okay, we know the story. And notice verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill, Toward men. So notice, mm. the glory of God precedes peace and goodwill toward men. Sure. Oh, I could just yeah. go on and on, but I'll let yeah. you continue. No, no, no. It's Look, just so powerful. Yeah, and G- like when Jesus was ministering, uh, he had, you know, obviously we're, we're talking this as a general, this message is to go to all the world, right? It's not just to the church. This message of fear God and give glory to him is to go to all the world. It's, it's recognizing God as God, right? Um, and, and that's going to be important because otherwise you're going to set up some other God and you're going to follow it. And that's not going to lead you to eternal life. And so God is saying, fear God and give glory to, to him. And in, verse, uh, in, in Matthew 23, during his ministry, Jesus spoke to the religious leaders of his day. And uh, Matthew 23, you have a whole chapter where it's a fairly scathing rebuke of the religious people of his day and the way in which they were, I guess, misusing their religious position for personal glory. Um, And he says, one of the things he says here in Matthew 23, verse 12, it says, and whoever exalts himself Hmm. will be humbled. And whoever humbles, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So the reality is, if we exalt ourselves, if we are looking for glory for ourselves, we're going to end up being humbled. On the other hand, if we humble ourselves, God is going to exalt us. And so that's that's the, the choice before us. And I think that uh, it's important for us uh, to really heed that that message from Jesus um, as, it, as it's given. There must be uh, something significant about that message um, in regard to this time of Earth's history. And we can see how that would apply. All right, there's another uh, couple of verses here I want to share. Again, this is drawing on something that you find throughout the Bible, the calling of people to give glory to God. And uh, if you look at Jeremiah 9, maybe you want to turn there, Danny. This is Jeremiah 9, 23 to 24. And uh, it says this. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Mm. Let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the, the rich man glory in his riches. Wow, so we've got wisdom, yeah. might, and riches. Okay, so they're the big three. Yeah. So if you're super use. smart, if you're intelligent, if you think you have wisdom, and intelligence and wisdom are two different things. However, 
this is obviously someone who uh, has got something going on upstairs. You know, is there something? This is a an, an, a, a mind thing. Okay, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. In other words, it's saying that if you have wisdom, you got to remember where wisdom comes from. You know, you didn't. You you're not the uh, the maker of you. And then it says, let not the mighty man glory in his might. You might be powerful. You know, think of Samson in the Bible. Uh, Let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches. Think of Solomon, right? Very wealthy, became very powerful because of his wealth and, and so forth. But at the end of the day, it's saying, don't glory in those things. If you are blessed with such things, you should be praising the Lord. For, you know, who gives good gifts to men and, and for the, the blessings that you've received. So very powerful. Let him and glories, it says, glory in this, that he understands and knows me. And uh, we'll come back to that because there's something else I want to talk about in that verse. We're going to listen to uh, the Lesser Light Collective and a song called A Thousand Years.
You were listening to The Lesser Light Collective and a song called A Thousand Years. Uh, you're back with us on Faith FM, looking up in the afternoons with Danny and Peter. And we're looking at the topic of giving glory to God. And this is part of the first angel's messages, uh, the first angel's message of Revelation 14. Um, three, three messages there from verses 6 to 12. And we're looking at the first one, which says, Fear God. And give glory to him. And before we went uh, to the music break, uh, we uh, were looking at Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. And I just want to review that again. We talked about the fact that in Jeremiah 9, 23, it says, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this. There we go. Here it's setting it up. If you're going to glory... This is what you are to glory in. Let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me. Now, this is God talking. God is saying, if you want to glory in something, glory in this, that you understand and you know me. And we could unpack that idea of knowing God uh, in lots of directions, because the Bible talks a lot about knowing God. In fact, that Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they know, may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So, um, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, so this is 9.24, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord. And what you have a hint of here is that the glory of God is tied up with the character of God. And so when we are looking for the glory of God, uh, we're tying this to the character of God. Incidentally, um, we, well, we'll look some more at some Old Testament verses and then we'll come back to, to New Testament because we see this a lot. When we talks about fear God and give glory to him, the way in which we can give glory to God is in reflecting his character. And so in these verses in Jeremiah 9, we're not to glory in the fact that we might have wisdom, we might have strength, might, uh, we might have riches. Um, riches, we might be very wealthy. But if we have those things, we should be praising the Lord, counting our blessings, giving honor and glory to the one who allowed us to have wisdom and might and riches. Amen. And I think the, the, the really important point is to glory in the character of God, to focus on the character of God. And that is what Jesus demonstrated in his ministry. Mm. He, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't put on a show based on his power and his might. And that's, interestingly enough, as we take a look at the three temptations that Jesus endured from the devil, mm. uh, they were based on performance. If you think about it, if you are the Son of God, why don't you make bread out of these stones? If you are the Son of God, why don't you jump off uh, this cliff or, or, the, or the temple, depending on what version you use, and, um, and, and prove that you are the Son of God and the angels are going to catch you? You know, if, if, if. Prove it through 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 a demonstration of power. Put on a show. Yeah. Put on a show. And how many times the draw religious, attention to yourself. And how many times the religious leaders tempted Jesus? 
If you are the son of God, why don't perform you perform a miracle? Perform a sign. Give perform us a, a sign. sign. And even on the cross, if yeah. you are the son of God, why don't you come, come down? down? So and once show again, us. Yeah. once again, show us through a performance, show us through mm. through an outward demonstration of your power. But Jesus demonstrated his power through his character, through his love, through his sacrifice. Mm. That's an interesting thought, Danny. I appreciate that. There's another uh, a verse I want to just pick up now before we talk some more about the character of God. Because we're talking about fear God and give glory to him, why is this message a pertinent message for today? Is because I think that many in the world aren't taking God seriously. Many in the world are drawing, trying to get glory for themselves and not giving glory to God. And, and this is God's message is to try and say, We've got to look at the reality that God is about to return. He's coming back for those who want to live with him forever, right? Um, And so this is a really important message, I think. One of the verses I wanted to pick up when we were talking about this humility and pride aspect of um, where we are in uh, our culture. Um, If you look at 1 Peter 1, 24, 25, it sort of has something interesting to say about the glory of man. And um, in the conversation we've been having, it says, First Peter one twenty four, Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. I don't know about you, but on my lawn, when the grass gets so high, <laughs> what happens? It gets cut down. Yes, right? You get the mower out, and uh, we're heading for springtime, and the sunshine and the rain... It's going to make the grass grow, but the grass only goes so you know so far, and uh, it's going to get cut down. And it says here, all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Mm, very powerful. This is the thing from for, from my perspective as someone who grew up as an atheist into my mid twenties until I had that encounter with God. That at the end of the day. Only God has eternity, right? We don't have it. That's right. You know, you and I have gone to enough funerals, Danny, to know that mankind does not live forever down here. And so we don't have eternity. Therefore, we must unite with God in order for him to give us eternal life. We, we just don't have it without him. And, uh, you know, if we want to live a little longer and a lot longer, then we're going to have to unite ourselves with God. He's the one. Who, he's the only one who can deliver everlasting life. Nobody else can do that. And so it's saying here uh, that the glory of man, it's like the flower, it's like the grass, it withers away, it falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which was, uh, which by the gospel was preached to you. So it's, it's God who lasts forever. It's God who um, is worthy of the glory. I mean, that's another thing that, you know, you mentioned before in terms of the cross and the sacrifice and so forth is that God is not just saying, hey, you give me the glory. Yeah, I, want, I want all the glory. It's that, it's, it's that way because God is the only one worthy of that glory. God is the only one worthy of worship because of those two aspects that we read about in the Bible. In fact, uh, Revelation chapter 4, verse 11 says that God is worthy of worship because he created everything. In other words, without God, it wouldn't exist. And so God is worthy because he's the creator. And of course, God is worthy. You know, in the book of Revelation, they 
they bow down and say, worthy is the lamb mm. who was slain. Amen. If I could just add to what you've shared in Revelation 4, 11, it says, um, yeah, God is worthy uh, to receive glory, honor and power. For it says, you created all things. However, it goes on, and mm. by your will, they exist and were created. So God is not only the creator, mm. but God is also the sustainer. Yeah. And as a result, he deserves glory. I mean, I'm a father. Yeah. Um, I, through my work and my efforts and so forth, have sustained my daughters. Yes. That, you know, live under my roof. Um, and they're so wife, grateful. And they are, they're super grateful. Every day they God tell me, them. Dad, we are just so grateful to be under your roof. If you believe that, you'll believe anything. Um, but, but pair, I mean, the Bible says, honor your mother and your father. Mm. That's the fifth commandment. Yeah. Why should we honor our parents? It's because they brought us into this world and they have sustained us. They have taken care of us. And so they deserve honor. Mm. They deserved respect. And so too, God, in the same way, He has created us. He has brought us into existence and by his will and through his breath, we live and breathe and have our being, as Paul put it. This, um, it's interesting, you know, in the Ten Commandments, there are eight of them that are prohibitions. There are eight of them that says thou shalt not, essentially, because God is saying, I, I'm, I'm a heavenly parent. I want to keep my children away from danger. Don't touch the stove. You know, don't go near the fire. Uh, don't, know the, don't go near the edge. You know, as parents, we're familiar with that kind of terminology. We want to keep our kids away from danger. And so eight of the Ten Commandments are about keeping us away from danger, right? These things are going to harm you. They're going to harm you. They're going to harm others. They're going to harm your relationship with others. They're going to harm your relationship with God. But there are two that are in the positive. Mm. And those two are about don't forget where you came from. Don't forget where you came from, as in God is the creator of the universe, and don't forget where where you came from, as in honour your father and mother, because that's where you came from. Mm. And so it's it's a, a reminder, a little bit of humility uh, inserted there it, within that commandments to say, don't forget where you came from. You know, it's easy to say, oh look look at what look look at what great things I have done. Look at what great things I have accomplished. But don't forget where you came from. You came from somewhere. There was a well, there was a moment in time when you did not exist. Right, there was a great deal of time when you did not exist, and then you came into existence. You came into existence because of the will of God and the will of your parents. Without that, you wouldn't exist. So I think it's uh, interesting in the Ten Commandments that right in the centre there, those two commandments, uh, those two positive commandments to remember the Sabbath and to honour your father and mother are all about. Don't forget where you came from. And it's interesting that we live in a day and age where those two institutions, God and marriage and the family, Mm. are under attack by the devil. Creation. So they are where the devil is hell-bent on destroying in the last days. And uh, I find it fascinating that God blessed those two institutions Mm. in the Garden of Eden, marriage Mm. and the family and the Sabbath. Well, we have said that um, when it comes to giving God glory, we have suggested, and I think we've got good biblical basis now, to say that uh, in, in the, how do we give glory to God? We give glory to God by reflecting his character in the way we live. 
okay, in summing that up. And we can, we can talk about the glory of God being his character because there's a passage in Exodus that I think is helpful to us here. And we're going to turn to um, Exodus chapter 33 to begin with. And this is a passage where Moses is talking with God and he wants to see God's glory. And we see this in Exodus 33 and verse 18 through 23. So this is uh, Exodus 33, verse 18 through to the end of the chapter. And then we pick it up in Exodus 34. So um, I'm going to read through Exodus chapter 33, 18 to 23. It says, and he said, this is Moses talking to the Lord God. He, Moses said, please show me your glory. Then he, God, said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. Now, just pause there. Moses is saying, show me your glory. And God is saying, I'll make all my goodness come before you. So already he's talking about a character trait, Mm. right? Goodness, all my goodness. So I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he, God, said, You cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, Here is a place by me, and you shall stand in the ro- on the rock, so it shall be, while my glory passes by, that I will show you, uh, shall I, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and will cover you there uh, with my hand while I pass by, then I will take away my hand, And you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. We're going to see what he actually sees in a moment. We're going to take a break, have some more music, and we'll come back and see what was it that Moses actually saw. This is Brian Free and Assurance and Dare to Be a Daniel.
Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to the Wednesday afternoon program called Looking Up with me, Peter Watts, and my good friend and co-host, Danny Malenkov. And uh, we've been talking about the first angel's message that we find in Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 and 7, and that particularly that phrase, give glory to him. And uh, we've been unpacking that. Now, if you want to make a comment or maybe have a question for us, you can call in on one eight hundred three two four eight four three. That's one eight hundred three two four eight four three. Or you can text O four nine one O six four six six nine. Now stay tuned because we do have a free giveaway later today, and uh, Danny's going to tell us about that a little later. So stay tuned. There will be a free giveaway. So make sure you get those numbers down. We will repeat them again a little later. Um, but before the break, we were talking about. What does it mean? What is God's glory all about? And we've been talking about the fact that it's about God's character. So, for instance, we'd said that in Exodus 33:18, Moses says to God, please show me your glory. And God says, I will make my goodness pass before you. Uh, I will be gracious. I will have compassion. And he's really talking about character traits that uh, God has and this is how God's glory is expressed. It's in his character. And so um, we're going to pick up uh, the next section of that, which uh, you go to the next verse, Exodus 34 and verse 5, we uh, see what happens. It says, Now the, the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him, that's with Moses there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And these are all to do with the character of God. They're to do with the mercy of God. They're to do with the justice of God. They're to do with the goodness of God. And so um, when we talk about reflecting God's glory if we're going to give glory to God how do we do that we do that by giving uh, by reflecting his character and we're shown here what God's character is is all about and if I could just add in that chapter um, it's one of my favorite chapters of the Bible I was preaching a sermon series on this very subject not so long ago so I've got a lot of underlines here and, and it's interesting on a number of occasions in chapter 33 it says Moses 
While, while Moses is praying and pleading to God to find grace in his sight. You mm. can look that up, you know. Uh, find grace in my sight, chapter 33, verse 12 and verse 13, found grace in your sight, find grace in your sight, mm. find grace in your sight, verse 16. And, and at the end of that passage that you have just read in chapter 34 and verse 9, it says, Then he said, this is Moses, if now I have found grace in your sight. And, mm. God, and, and Moses is pleading on behalf of his people. He calls them stiff-necked. This is, this is on the back of the golden calf experience where right. God says, I'm, I'm going to wipe these rebelled, people out. They exactly. rebelled against God. So, so let's worship an idol instead. Exactly. So, so Moses is pleading for God to show his character of love, mercy, grace, which is filled with compassion and goodness and forgiveness. And I think that's just powerful that whenever we... Whenever we fall, whenever we have our own moral meltdown, when we start worshipping the gods of this world, chasing after the things we've talked about, we mm. can come to God and we can pray that prayer. God, show me your glory. Show me your character. Yeah. Reveal to me your love. I need your grace. I also need to find grace in your sight. It's yeah. just so beautiful and powerful. It is. And when we have God living within us through the power of the Holy Spirit, then we can reflect his character. And so that's uh, really important. I think, you know, when... Uh, when we think about the Christian faith, the clearest expression we have of God's grace and God's glory is in Christ himself. It's, uh, we're Amen. Christians, you know, so we're, we're named after Christ. And in uh, John chapter 1, when John opens with a passage, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and it's talking about Jesus coming as the Word of God. And in verse 14 of that chapter, it says, and, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is Jesus becoming a human being to come and dwell amongst human beings. It says, we, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. So here it is. We beheld his glory. Now, if you think about it, when Jesus came, we've already said that he came in a humble fashion. He wasn't trying to draw attention to his physical appearance. You don't see Jesus glowing that much in the New Testament. There is the uh, piece, uh, you know, the uh, the episode of the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus was glorified there and he shone like the sun. But generally speaking, Jesus didn't go around walking around like that. Um, and when that was amongst three of his disciples. That's what, that that's wasn't right. before the five thousand men plus women and children. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't in the general public. No. And so. When, when he says this, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, it tells us then what that glory was. And it wasn't the bright shining body, it was something else. It says, um, we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. There's grace again. Though There's grace again, and that's why it connects well with that passage you were mm. talking about there in Exodus and this is what it's about. It's about God's character and it's a character of grace and it's a character of truth. Um, and these are the character traits that we see. Also, when you have Jesus uh, about to go to the cross in John chapter 17. Yes. Um, that's where we have Jesus praying this very powerful prayer to his heavenly father. And John records these words in John chapter 17 verse 1. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven, yep. and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son 
may glorify you. Mm. And um, so Jesus is speaking of the hour this of his crucifixion. This is the night before the crucifixion. This is the night. It's the Thursday night before, yep. before Good Friday. Friday. Exactly. And so Jesus is In a matter saying, of hours, he is going to the cross. That's right. So Jesus is saying, I'm about to glorify you on the cross. And yep. as you pointed out early, uh, Jesus didn't show his brilliance as far as mm. outward appearance. Instead, the Bible says he was he was naked yep. and he was beaten and bruised and, and torn apart mm. um, based on the whipping that he received. But he demonstrated the glory of God through his character. Mm. And when they cried out, crucify him, crucify him, Jesus instead demonstrated the character of God by crying out, Father, forgive them. But they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. That's the character of God. Jesus demonstrated God's love and his character perfectly on Calvary. There is no other place on planet Earth that we can go to find a more perfect representation of the character of God than Jesus Cal- on the cross. Then Jesus on the cross. There is no place. Yeah. So, so this is the clearest. Now, let's let's unpack that just a little bit. Why is this the clearest picture of the the glory of God? Because I can uh, imagine, you know, when I was an unbeliever, I thought, you know, who who would follow somebody who's dying on a cross? How could that be a hero? You know, who would follow such a person as that? And so, we want to understand how is it that Jesus dying on the cross reflects God's character. First and foremost, it demonstrates that God was willing to go to such lengths as to die on the cross for his creatures, for his children, essentially. You know, we've talked about the love of parents for children before, but that's why Jesus is willing to go to the cross, because he loves his children. And so uh, it demonstrates if it's it's really a counterpart to the devil's accusations the devil accuses god of being severe of being um arbitrary selfish. of being selfish of being uh unloving uncaring and the cross demonstrates uh, refutes all of those accusations that god does care about you he does love you he is self sacrificial he's not selfish he's selfless mm. He would rather die to let you live than live and let you die. Mm. And I, I heard I heard someone um, put it this way, that God is the most humble being in the universe. Well, yeah. He's the most humble being in the universe. Well, we see that um, in the life of Christ. Absolutely. So, And it's interesting, Peter, that um, God invites us to give him glory. That's the first angel's message. And it's interesting that we have that scripture. I don't know if you want to go to that right now in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, where on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus there invites all those that put their faith and trust in him. He says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Mm -hmm. So our light shines best when we don't seek to place the attention on ourselves, but right. instead we seek to glorify God. We, we seek to, as you pointed out earlier, reflect the character of God before others that they may see that and give glory to God, that they may be drawn to God. Mm. And I think that's important. Like that line, it says, uh, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And this is a good, you know, this is a good line for Christians to consider. They may see your good works and glorify your Father. You know, it's very easy for us to slip into. There are people who do, quote unquote, good things because they like 
the attention and the adulation and the praise and the commendation that comes their way because they do good things. Whereas this verse is telling us that people should see our good works and glorify him, mm. glorify the Father in heaven. And that's there's a big difference there. One other verse I want to just uh, finish up with here in this section, Danny, and it comes from Ecclesiastes because if you remember... We're talking about this first angel's messages, message in Revelation 14, 6 and 7, which says, um, And I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel, to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, kindred, tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. Those three sections that I want to focus on, Fear God, give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, we find that in Ecclesiastes, um, at the uh, end of the book of Ecclesiastes, verses 13 and 14, notice, says, notice what he says here. He says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. And notice these three elements here. Mm. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is man's all, for God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether e good or evil. So here you have fear God, keep the commandments, and then the judgment. Right In the book of Revelation, first angel's message, fear God, give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. So you have the, the sequence of these three things. And of course, in that comparison, you have keep his commandments compared to give glory to him. And what we've been saying is the way in which we give glory to God is by reflecting his character in the way we live. In other words, obeying his commands. And it's interesting going back to that passage in, in Exodus chapter 34. At the end of that passage, God tells Moses or during that passage, God tells Moses to cut out two tables of stone that he's going to place the covenant, mm. the Ten Commandments. So it's in the it's in the context of God showing the glory, yes. showing His grace, and showing His compassion, and forgiveness that He gives the Ten Commandments. Yes, yeah, that's right. And so the second set. Yeah, I mean, we could talk. I mean, we probably should do a whole program at some point, Danny, on the Ten Commandments and and how they are a a uh, a message of love from God actually for the the desire for His children to be protected, to live successful lives, and so forth. So. Um, that that's worthy of a program all its own well we're going to uh, take some more music in a moment but this has been a fascinating study as part of the first angel's message we're not done yet next week we're going to be picking up on that phrase for the hour of his judgment has come and that's a very important phrase Danny because there's uh, a significant time period and a whole host of other elements attached to that we'll, we'll unpack next week but um, we're not going just yet. We'll be back in a moment. But we want to go to this uh, piece of music, which is Adventist Vocal Ensemble, Precious Lord, Hold My Hand. Enjoy the music.
That was Advent Vocal Ensemble and Precious Lord Hold My Hand. Uh, welcome back. We're just about to wrap up here on our afternoon show, Looking Up. And uh, But we have a free giveaway, Danny. Tell us all about that. Yes, indeed we do. So um, here is the number again, 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us 0491-064-669. And the free giveaway for today is the book by Jack Blanco, Visions and Dreams. So if you're interested in getting hold of your free copy of Visions and Dreams, first person to call or text will receive that. Now, just as a final word from me, um, I want to just pick up on this um, term, giving God glory. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 31 says, Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do it all to the glory of God. And why? In chapter 6 and verse 20, he tells us, For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So because of the sacrifice of Christ, we're invited to give God glory. Yeah, thank you, Danny. It's been a, a great show this uh this afternoon, we've been looking at Revelation chapter 14. Fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come. We're going to look at the judgment next week. We hope that you'll be able to join us then. Thanks so much for joining us today and uh, listening in to our program. Uh, if you want to uh, catch some of the other programs, please go to faithfm.com.au. Click on the uh, podcast tab and look out for Looking Up. But uh, until next week, we pray that you will continue to walk with God. And uh, we continue to continue to look up as uh, we approach the end of 